Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Cole Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rick Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. I'm Rocket Super Lamera, David Starr. Support Russell Talk. You are watching Russell Talk. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support Russell Talk. Support Russell Talk and please subscribe now. Support Russell Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support me. Support Russell Talk. Support Russell Talk. Support Russell Talk. Because we talk about wrestling and I like it. Support Russell Talk. And go subscribe. Support Russell Talk. Home of Lou Gowen. Whatever Russell Talk is and whoever Lou Gowen is. Both the Ravens. Nevermore. Russell Talk. Rebel. Now and Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Chopper Pequenel and I am joined by El Fakador, Laurie Blake. Hi. Squeezing cats. How are you today, mate? Yeah, very well. Uh, Good. Tired. Yeah. That's my my big takeaway today. It's been a busy time. Tired. Last couple of weeks. Yeah, I stayed up too late playing D&D last night. That's why. Oh, okay. Very tired. I was trying to make a, a legitimate excuse. She was like, oh, you work too no, hard. You're no, just like, no, 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 I was just we, having too we much were fun. smashing a dragon up. And it <laughs> took way too long. <laughs> That's good. Did Simon have a new character then? He does, yeah. Ooh. Mm, What's he got now? What's he got? He's gone for uh, an assassin rogue oh, okay. uh, mixed with a fighter. So I think it's Ooh. like three levels of rogue. Three levels of fighter. That's really cool. Uh, his name is Eldritch Woods. Eldritch Woods, uh, and yeah, didn't really get much of a sense of who he was because uh, <laughs> we were just going. We just went straight at this dragon. He was like, "Yeah, I want to come." It was I'm like, coming. It was one of those things where it was like he was just be like. There was a point where we had to stop. I stopped the initial conversation happening when we were like, "Oh, who are you?" And he was just like, "Just told us all this backstory." I was like, oh, "You're very forthcoming." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Weirdly open book. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, he, so when we got into the fight with this big blue, like I think it was an adult blue dragon, mm-hmm. which is quite a big boss. That's in terms a huge of boss, especially if you guys are what level six. Did you just seven? Say? We are, seven. Yeah. yeah. We had. Uh, admittedly, we had an army with us. 
and a load of robots that, that helps, and yeah. siege weapons. Uh, yeah. So we had like quite a cunning plan, I think. Mm, yeah. But the dragon did a legendary action at the beginning that made Simon scared. So his yeah. character, for most of the fight, ran away. <laughs> uh, and then right at the end, gets back into the fight and got the final blow on the oh, dragon. Oh, that's so cathartic. So I love it. So he came back in and, and then like he's got a he's made himself have a rapier and a whip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was and then somehow in that evolution, it just turned into we started calling him Zorro. Yeah. Um. So he's like. As a sort of a Zorro character, I carve an E into the dragon's throat and then its throat falls out. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, great revenge. I actually had... And um, also because the dragon was the one that killed his last character. Exactly, yeah. So, that's yeah. what I mean, yeah. So, such a Yeah, such a great ending. Uh, I mentioned this to you before um, when we came in for Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. But I had an amazing session at D&D last weekend. Mm. It was so much fun uh, because I think for the first time, since I've started playing, either in my campaign or in any of my friends' campaigns, because a lot of us actually... We kind of chop and change which campaign we're doing because a lot of us play and DM at the same time, so we always just change up which one we're doing. Um, but for the first time, we really got into like the role-playing side of things, mm. which was super, super fun. It was great. Because we it was always a story that when the group came together, there was, there was four of us, but it was always that two of us knew each other beforehand and the other two knew each other beforehand, and then the two pairs kind of came together to make the party when the story started. Right, yeah. But it never really kind of played off that way when we were actually playing. So I made an effort this time and I was like, no, I'm going to go and have a deep, meaningful conversation with the character that I'm supposed to know before this party came together. And we forged this like relationship with each other. And like we're talking about all this deep stuff. And like I was having like a this whole like character arc through this whole thing. And then we got, we got towards the end and we had a couple of dream sequences. My one was a really nice one. Uh, talking to the god that uh, that I follow and all that, and then my uh, the uh, the character that I uh, that I knew beforehand, Ashara, uh, she um she had a dream sequence as well, and um and it came through and they w- had a dream sequence with their god, but then we also found out that they had a dead wife that none of us knew about. It was like uh, okay, sure, yeah, a uh, 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 bow, and then uh, the dream kind of got like interrupted, and they woke up in like cold sweat. And then outside was the glowing figure of their dead wife just hanging in the air. And they were like, say what? And then the DM was like, need to make a wisdom save throw. He's like, okay, failed it. And he was like, right, so you get up out of bed, you walk outside, you're drawn to this image, run up towards it, just cast off like the shield and all that stuff. And they're running out to him and he goes, I need you to make another wisdom saving throw. Failed it again. And he just goes, she reaches out, takes her hand and goes, we've got so much catching up to do. And then they walk off together in the forest. And then he just turns to the rest of the party and just goes, for all intents and purposes, Ashara's now gone from the party. We were like, what? You can't just do that. What? So all of us were freaking out. And especially because I just forged this whole relationship with Mm. this character. And he just goes, nah. And then we, we I were just like, found out about her dead wife. And exactly, knew that she was single and therefore willing to mingle. <laughs> exactly. And now you're taking her into the woods. <laughs> God, just my luck. I know. I'm such a nice guy. Exactly. But then I, yeah, we <laughs> we carried on playing for a bit, and I was like, not my character, but me. I was sitting there just like, one of the players is just going to be sitting there doing nothing now. We're like, mm. we still got a bit of time left on the session. Like, what are they going to do? And it turns out they'd planned the whole thing with the DM because we went on later and we just go, we got like a, a ransom note from like some witches. We worked out that the witches had taken them and they'd formed this figure of the dead wife. So then we were going around and we found this and we got a note from a person that just said, bring the innkeeper and you get to see your friend written in like blood. And we were like, cool. So we went and found the innkeeper 
and turns out the innkeeper is the new character of the guy that was playing Ashara before. Ah. And I was like, what? And they planned this whole thing out and all of us were losing our minds and it was so, so good. And he was like, yes, we're going to leave it off. I was like, no! How dare you? No, it was so good though. Such good fun and everyone was going crazy. It was, it was awesome. I like so, when you so get. Great. I like when you get the surprising moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a, well, most of ours yesterday were just like uh, little silly bits of character development, where it was like, you know, we went to see the queen of the uh, army that has laid siege to this dwarven city, and mm-hmm. we were trying to we were trying to bargain with them to be like, look, we can forge a fragile peace here if you help us take down this dragon, and they were like. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, we're quite antagonistic, so they didn't take too kindly to us. But then they did say, like, I have noticed that one of your numbers missing. Um, Ooh. And then we're like, uh, but I do remember, and I, I, but I know he was a brave warrior. My lasting image of him is him riding a boulder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty badass. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, he was. Yeah. And then we had a bit where we were like, while fighting the dragon, I ran away because I was getting murdered yeah, and ended up in the vault of like the city, which was where the dragon was keeping its mm-hmm. hoard, walked into the room and saw all this gold. And I was just like, just have a little cry. <laughs> and I'm like, Petty would have loved this. <laughs> he loved that's money. That's so good. He absolutely loved money. That's amazing. That's such a good moment. Um, I think that's probably enough D&D talk. Let's get into the main bulk of this show, where we're going to be talking about NXT this week and a brand new, not NXT champion, an NXT champion that's not the NXT champion. It's a champion in NXT. It's not an NXT champion. See, we did it nicely this title, this time. Anyway, here's the show. Let's get on with the main talking point of the show. Mm-hmm. We have a new champion in NXT, and this happened in the opening match of the night, which was Drew Gulak versus Leo Rush for the NXT, newly renamed mm. NXT Cruiserweights Championship. Still purple, though. Still purple. Can't wait till it gets its uh, United Kingdom Championship makeover. Yeah, that would be great, wouldn't it? So that When we the Queer Eye guys come in and go, oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> this purple's not doing it for you. <laughs> I mean, it works if you had it on, like, Dream... But like no one else. Yeah. It would be great if the purple the belt purple went on belt the purple guy. Yeah. No. I don't think he's a cruiserweight. No, I don't think he he's is. He's got too much torso. That's true. But anyway, came out as Leo Rush to kick things off. Drew Gulak comes out. Crowd are really hot for Leo Rush to start, mm. start this one off. He's and come back so over. So over. I was shocked at how over he was mm. when he came back. Especially, especially as he didn't actually really get a run in NXT. Exactly. He yeah. was he was he was always he had like what two matches I think on NXT mm-hmm. and I think he lost both probably yeah um, so yeah I think it's crazy that he's just come back as this like I, I guess it's that sort of main roster shine of like he was on Raw yeah exactly yeah, so. he was Bobby Lashley's manager yeah. he's he's met greatness he was a hype man yeah exactly I, I don't yeah. know I just I think he's fantastic though and I think this he's match so proved it because he just he came out of the gate so fast and so high flying that I was just mm-hmm. like, you can't keep this pace up. And they did, as far as like, apart from there was a couple of little slowdowns in the ad breaks and stuff. But it actually worked really well for the story because it the, the kind of he starts out and he does this uh, gulak. In fact, runs does a running drop kick straight off, straight off, it was and then. A sh- Huge yeah. drop kick as Rush well. Rush hits a Spanish fly directly <laughs> after that. A big tope, yeah. and then an acai moonsault. Mm-hmm. Chucks him back in, 
and then uh, gets caught in a guillotine mm-hmm. and then gets sort of chucked off. And it's like, it was so cool. It's such a hot start yeah. for the crowd. For the crowd who were already hot for Rush yeah. to then immediately be like, ah, this is why we love Rush. Yeah. And, and it, it, was, it, it just, was a great yeah, start. And it just built into like, uh, the, basically the idea of the match was that Gulak was just trying to shut Rush down and hold him still long enough to do something with him. Uh, and it, it, there was this amazing moment before they went to ad break where Rush was on the top rope and they were sort of having a little fight on the apron and Gulak just kicks him off the top rope to the outside mm-hmm. and Rush takes it like a back bump. Yeah. But like just flops on, there's a load of guys. There's obviously like a bunch of ring crew, suspiciously muscular ring crew <laughs> uh, who are just there to sort of catch him. Yeah. But it looked amazing. It and looked then, like, so You good. could see in the break, because they did picture-in-picture picture ad break here, and you could see in that moment they were doing the 10 count. And Gulak just gets back in the ring and sits on the top rope like, mm-hmm. yeah, come on in. And he rolls back in at nine. It's like it's a shame to have missed that moment because of the yeah. ad break. But you could tell it was such a cool little bit. And then immediately after that, I don't know if you caught this, straight afterwards, he get, gets back in in the nine count, and then Gulak dives off like the middle rope and delivers this massive clothesline mm. to him. Lip Rush sells it like flipping through the air and stuff. Oh, it was awesome. It's a shame we, we missed that again in the ad break, but it looked amazing. Like the ad breaks are still packed with action. There's no yeah. kind of down points in any of this at all, which is really great to see. Um, and then later on, Gulak still kind of is in control and then Rush starts fighting back. There's a massive swinging DDT in the ad break again. <laughs> it's yeah. ridiculous. There's so much great stuff going on. Um, there's a great spot where Gulak catches a kick from Rush and then he chucks him like that and uh, Rush does a backflip, lands on his feet uh, and then does a huge clothesline to Gulak straight after just for another like near down. It was great. It was so cool just to see all the back and forth kind of action with yeah. Rush doing his flippy S word and Gulak just being like, no, I want to wrestle. Yeah, there, was, there, was even a little, but there was even a little like submission trade sequence that they did after uh, Rush goes for this weird cutter thing that he does mm-hmm. where he does the bo- bounce off the bottom rope, bounces yeah. back in and goes for a cutter. But Gulak just catches him in the gulag. Oh, it's so good. Locks it in. G- Rush rolls out, tries to lock in his own. Gulak mm-hmm. rolls out and they just kept being like... Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yep. I just thought this was like... This was the kind of match that I think the Cruiserweights have been having for a very long time and now it's finally on a TV show that people are actually watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's great. And I, I, I also... Because it builds to a finish in which... Uh, Rush, they they sort of setting up a superplex spot. Rush knocks Gulak off the rope and he lands uh, flat. So Rush delivers his frog splash, turns sideways in midair, hits it, does the cutter as as Gulak gets up, and then does another frog splash to win the match and win the belt. And this just felt like this kind of like yeah, we're just pressing hard reset on the cruiserweight division now, mm-hmm. and this is this is the future of it. I really like this bit of booking. I like the idea of Leo Rush as a champion. It's like a babyface champion as well. Oh, yeah. Unless he's going to do like a big heel turn in a couple of weeks' time, which he's also, I think, a really good heel. So he that is. is fine. Although I do find his voice very grating. And I know that's the point because yeah. he's a heel, but like it's kind of just like, oh, please stop talking. I, <laughs> I, but I would quite like to see that story being told of like, does this big win on his return, you know, three matches in or whatever, two matches in, just go to his head. Yeah, does the power corrupt ego, him? Yeah. Or do, or does or do we start seeing some like monster heel cruiserweights turning up and being part of like could Buddy Murphy come back? Oh, that'd be so you know? good, please. Because I think they're definitely they're, they're definitely going to be pushing now to get more uh, as, as they've lost the ratings last week to AEW. Mm-hmm. NXT must be pushing to be like, can we have more main roster guys? Like Finn Balor didn't do it last week. I mean, yeah. they didn't say ahead of time that Finn Balor was going to be there, but that sort of thing would push people to. 
tune in mm-hmm. over yeah. maybe watching AEW. So I think they're going to push to have main roster guys come down. So is is Leo going to have a bunch of contenders coming in from the main roster who were previously cruiserweights or NXT champions? You know, that'd be really interesting. That would be great, yeah. And there was a lovely moment after this match as well where Rush was celebrating. William Regal came out mm-hmm. to then kind of officially kind of place the belt round Rush. And then out comes Drew Gulak. Looks like he's just going to interrupt everything. Snatches the belt. And it looks like he's saying, oh, no, this is my belt. You didn't deserve this victory or whatever. And then, in a nice moment, he just hands the belt to Leah Rush and was just like, yeah, you won, and then walked off. Mm-hmm. It was a really nice character moment because despite Gulak being a heel and wrestling very much like a heel, he's still got that kind of... It's kind of almost reminds me of like a um, like that moment when Minoru Suzuki shaved his own hair at Wrestle Kingdom. He was facing Goto in a hair versus hair match. He lost it, and the heels tried to guide him away, and he was like, no, I'm going to go back to the ring, and I'm going to shave my own hair off. It was like, it's that kind of moment when you're still a heel, but you can respect when someone's beaten you. You can yeah. respect the rules of the, well, the, the bed that you've made. I think <laughs> that's the thing, is Gulak's quite a, um, an honest wrestler in the ring, and I think he, especially in NXT, he's been presented as a legitimate contender yeah. to a lot of people. Like He was in, he was had that uh, run of matches. We had, I think he had a couple of matches with Kushida. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yes, he, and he kept yeah, making so appearances. So like, And he's had very clean matches with people yeah. that are just, you know, it. you want him to just put on a technical showcase. Exactly. It requires no cheating because that puts Rush, I think that actually puts Rush over harder than him beating out a cheating heel yes. to win the title. Just going, no, you just beat the legitimate champion. Exactly, yeah. And, for and, fairsies, for realsies. Exactly. Like, you know. Yeah, and I think that despite him being a heel, he's not really a heel. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. He, his style of wrestling is very kind of hard-hitting, slow, methodical, technical, but that, that doesn't make him a heel. He's still a very kind of honest stand-up yeah. guy kind of thing. So I, I think it, it really, really works to have that extra character moment of him being like, no, you just beat me. And I think I think Leo Rush is a really smart choice to uh, put the belt on now that they've gone live on uh, USA because you need to have this sort of clean sweep of talent. And I think Leo Rush is a very marketable champion. Like, he's, he's got a, a music career that and mm-hmm. actually has fans outside of WWE because of that. Yeah. And I, I just think that's... And he's younger, more fresh-faced, more... I think more just marketable in general than Drew Gulak. Sorry, Drew, if you happen to be watching this. But we like, love you, Gulak, also. Yeah, but <laughs> he, like, he, he just, I think targets a younger demographic yeah i think i think that's right and i think like you said having kind of the hard reset on the cruiserweight mm. division to be like right this is the cruiserweights on nxt here's a new champion here's what it's going to be built around and now hopefully they can grab some of the other cruiserweights yeah. get them all in and kind of build a, almost a brand new cruiserweight division. and a very and, a, and, and also it's a very marked difference to aew which has yeah old white dude Chris Jericho <laughs> as their champion. And so, his cronies. Like, and I'm not saying like, yeah, obviously the Cruiserweight title isn't the main belt and there's plenty of other people in WWE who are older holding the belts. But I think WWE has a, like NXT has a fresher seeming crop of people as their champions currently. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. And I think that's maybe, maybe that's the way to differentiate your two shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. But anyway, let's get on with some Susu Super Chats just to start with. We'll just do a few for now. Um, we're going to start off with uh, Tim Art, who said, Laurie, after you mentioned on Screen Soccer that you once did stand-up, I went looking for it. Oh, God. My main takeaway from it was you used to have hair. Yeah. Yeah. I was a much younger man. <laughs> I still can't I imagine didn't with work hair. on my material. No. Um, start recording said, if only Lashley had a voice like Priest. Damien yeah. Priest's voice. It's so good. Damien Priest's voice sounds like it's coming from an enchanted door. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like someone it's has... like a face carved into a tree. <laughs> you know when someone does like a voice altering thing? Yeah. It's like someone's done that yeah. to make it sound super creepy and weird. The call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> um, comes in Do to you say... like scary movies? <laughs> uh, Kyrick comes in to say, never seen this live. Lol. Anyway, love y'all. Stay cool. Thank you. Well, glad you could be here. Start recording said Walter versus Rush would be a true David versus Goliath. Can you imagine Rush getting chopped out of midair? Yeah, I I think it would play out so similarly to the Kushida match. That's true. It's almost not worth having. Give it a little bit of time. As we've kind of. Yeah, I mean, I I was already going to point out the similarities between the opening and the Walter match in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, it would be even. 
I mean, it would be even more similar if it was Leo Rush. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Jobba JJ said, can Gulak be moved away from the cruiserweights? I think he definitely could. I think, I think he, could. he could definitely be in the North American title picture. Easy. Um, I think Gulak's awesome. And I think I, I've not seen him have a bad match on NXT. That hasn't done also the thing they are deploying him to do, make somebody else look like a star. And he always comes out looking great as well. So I don't know. I just think he's fantastic, Gulak. Yeah. Um, and that he should be given a bit more of a prominent role and a bit more of a speaking role because I also think he's he's very good on the mic. He's such a good promo. Yeah, and like all of that, I loved all the no-fly zone stuff mm-hmm. in PowerPoint presentations, like the PowerPoint yeah. presentation. I think he's he's got great timing, great mm-hmm. comedy, and he could become that character that people want to see. Just have really good matches, but you can build it all around his ego. Yes. Uh, and he doesn't have to ever really be in a big title picture, but he can just be a constant presence. Kind of the Cassius Ono uh, style, style vibe when Cassius was mm-hmm. in NXT regular flavor. Yes. Um, cool original. And, <laughs> you know, that just do that sort of, I'm here to just have a brief feud with somebody to put them over. Yeah, I think that could, that could work very, very well. And finally, for now, uh, start recording. Uh, it says, who's been in NXT longer, Gargano or Champa? I believe they came in at the same time, did they not? Gargano, I think Gargano had uh, a couple of matches before Champa came in. Right. Before they were put together as DIY. As DIY but I think yeah. they were, I don't think he was signed yet. He was still like uh, right, okay. on the sort of proving ground phase of the career where he like came in as a jobber, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, let's get on with the main portion of the show. Yeah, so NXT opened with a recap of last week's show, mm-hmm. that five-star classic, uh, pointing out all the big points, which was that Candice LeRae had her title match. Mm-hmm. There was the title match between the Undisputed Era and the Street Profits. Adam Cole retained over Riddle. Uh, Finn Balor came back. Champ mm-hmm. came back. Was Dakota Kai on that show? No, Dakota Kai no. was week before. Yeah, so it was all that sort of stuff. A lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and then we had the Drew Gulak Leo Rush match. Mm-hmm. Then we saw Kushida backstage with the uh, with Brizango getting ready to have his match with Walter, which I mean maybe leads you on to think the outcome based <laughs> yeah. on who he chose. Maybe his, train with maybe other people. chose yeah chose who chose his training partners. We saw Walter training with Imperium, and it seemed a lot more intense. I was say, a lot more impressive that yeah. one. But, uh, yeah. We then had a Finn Balor video package to remind us who he was. Yep, and his time in NXT, which was really cool to look back on. As when I, my NXT, my my like peak NXT fandom was when Finn Balor was at the mm. top. So looking back on it now, I'm like, oh, gives I, me the warm fuzzies. I really enjoyed it because it also skated like it did also go like, and he was the first Universal Champion, and then yeah. didn't go, and then didn't go like, yeah, and he gave it up the day after, yeah. and he lost it, and it, you know, <laughs> and he was the first Universal Champion, and now he's back in NXT, yeah. and nothing else <laughs> happened, and NXT, <laughs> he had his neck broken by the Fiend. Doesn't do you, matter. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. We then had the That's same. Why he's back. We had then had a similar treatment for uh, Tegan Knox, mm-hmm. and also said that she'd be in action next week. She was then shown Good. backstage with Dakota Kai, who was warming up for her match later in the show. Yeah. We then had Rhea Ripley come out to the ring, and I thought, who will Rhea Ripley be smashing <laughs> up this week? <laughs> It's only blooming Aaliyah, isn't it? Oh, man, they brought Aaliyah out to get dominated. Those cupboard doors don't have a lock, do they? No, they do not. It's so good. Rhea Ripley, goodness me, she just oozes star presence. Yeah. Good God, when she walks out, 
You know she's there. Bloody she's, hell. She's just got such a like a strong look as well. I yeah. Think, like considering that, and I love the stuff they're doing with Rhea Ripley at the moment, where they like there is there was the uh, backstage at the PC stuff that they were on uh, WWE PC uh, YouTube channel, where they were like telling the story of how Rhea Ripley made her NXT debut. And like, like she was like, I started in the Mae Young Classic and I was this fresh-faced Australian girl. She's only like, she's only about to turn 23 or she yeah, is Yeah, she's very young, yeah. So like, they were like, yeah, she was like bubbly and sparkly and she just looked like every other wrestler mm-hmm. on the generic poster for the Mae Young Classic, apart from the like, they normally have like four big stars that they yeah, picked yeah, yeah. out already. She was just, she was just one of the other lot. And then she goes back the next year as a completely different person. You're like, oh yeah, that's the character. That's what you there want. There is the character. Yeah. Uh, great theme music. I mm-hmm. absolutely love Rhea Ripley. Yeah. And I thought this match She's was fantastic. really fun. I think actually Aaliyah was great in this match. Yeah, she was a good seller. Um, yes, and I think like she, I, I love the bit. Where she at the opening, she goes for a suplex. Uh, Rhea Ripley does. Aaliyah drops out of it and then rakes the back of Rhea Ripley, which was something. Oh, you woke the beast! <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, Uh-oh. you woke the beast! And then she just slams her around for a bit and then gets her in this leg lock, like it's like a figure four with her arms, it's like a scorpion death lock. Yeah, kind it's of like, thing. and yeah. she just picks her up. Yeah. In that, yeah, spins around a bit like she thinks she's Cesaro. Yeah, smashes her down and then makes her tap out. And I was oh, like, "It's so good, just insane." It was so good, yeah. And I don't know if she could do that with everyone because Aaliyah no. looks quite light. Yeah, but I think yeah, it looked. But that, amazing. but it puts over that idea that, that might be a submission she's going to start using. Because Absolutely, yeah. You know what you need in a feud with Shayna Baszler? A, a submission. submission. Yeah, you need a big Gotta submission. Have one. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. The crowd were chanting, "Rhea's going to kill you" at yeah. various points, which was great. Yeah. I mean, did what it needed to. It was not a very long match. Went about no. a minute, minute and a half, two minutes she's, maybe. And she's so over, I think. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm pleased now because we had all that build up prior to NXT going live with Rhea Ripley, and then it stopped for a bit. And now, then they had a couple of squash matches without really mentioning any of that stuff. It's good that we're back on track now because at the yeah. end of the match, Rhea gets a microphone and she says. Shayna Baszler, there's no doubt that Shayna Baszler is the most dominant women's champion in NXT history. She's napped, snapped, and tapped everyone uh, that she's come across, but not me. Shayna, I'm coming for you. And I'm like, yes, we are back on the track. Like Rhea Ripley is now going to have matches that last more than a minute. Thank God. Yeah, yes. I can't wait to, and, and we found out later on probably what the next one is as well, which mm-hmm. is great. I can't, I cannot wait. Yep, should be really, really good. And that was the first of many post-match promos we get mm-hmm. on this show. Uh, the commentary puts over the big press conference that's happening tomorrow. Sports star presentation. Sports stuff with Kane Velasquez and Tyson Fury and Brock Lesnar and Man. Braun Strowman. I'm sure, nothing will happen to do with them. Um, we get an ad break that's not in a match. Whoa. A well-placed one. A well-placed one. And then there's some drilling sounds, and everyone's like, what? The crowd are just going, what? I went, is Heavy Machinery back? Yeah. And I was like, is this a new team? We've not, is this a new star? What's going on? And then two women walk out. Yep. And I was like, and then the, okay, still, at the point still that, not with At it. the point that two women walk out, someone in the crowd just went, and who are you? <laughs> Which I thought was great. It's a fantastic line. I missed that one. And then it turns out it's Breezango dressed yeah. as construction workers. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember when we were saying they needed uh, <laughs> to rethink their gimmick? <laughs> Again, not it. Yeah, uh, not this yeah. way. I did, however, no. like the bit where like they were sort of, yeah, they were revealed by the beautiful women moving out of the way. And then Dango, like, he strokes her hair 
and goes to walk away. And he goes like a little bit down the ramp and he turns back and goes, <laughs> just dances at her. And then Breeze has to be like, no, come on, Dan. We've got stuff on. This way. Uh, okay. I thought, this is a general overview of the show, but particularly on this bit, I thought Beth Phoenix was really good on commentary mm-hmm. this week. She had an amazing bit oh, here while really Breezango were coming out. It was so funny. She was putting over Breezango. She'd be like, they're so talented, so, uh, so talented. They can do so many things. They even gave me advice earlier on how I could get my pipes cleaned. <laughs> like, really, like, innocently putting that over. And Nigel and Mauro both just kind of died of laughter a little bit. And they were like... Uh, are you sure? Are, are, you, are you really sure that's what they wanted to do? She was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were just giving me advice about that. It was great. Yeah, Proper, really, like, put really out. It was so funny. And she had, she had another one later as well, which I'll come to, but it was so, so funny. So this match was meant to be against Everrise. 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 The worst named team of all time. Yeah. And thankfully it wasn't against them because Jackson, Rike, Jackson Riker <laughs> is accompanied to the ring unwillingly by Jackson Riker. <laughs> Everrise. Yeah. Because he's got one over his shoulder and he's dragging the other one. Which is a cool visual. Which is a really cool visual. And then what I found weird though is like he's done this like quite rogue action so that he can insert his two mates into a tag match. It's like yeah. I felt I was a bit like, ooh. <laughs> so close to being badass. I know, like, it was yeah. like a really badass thing to be like, and now put us in the competition officially, please. <laughs> please, Thank referee, you. if you give us the forms that we can fill out, yeah, that would yeah, be great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, it's I, like beating I, loads of people up and going, now give me my driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they just wanted Breezango versus Forgotten Sons, but they wanted to... Because it's the first time Forgotten Sons have been seen since they went on USA. I think yes. they, they wanted to give them something to make them be like, oh, this is Forgotten Sons. This is what they do. They're bad. So they just yeah. beat up some random people. It's like, Look, they are bad people. Now they're having a match. Yeah. Which it, I, think, I think it was fine. And it was, and it was an okay match. I it wasn't, was all right. I wasn't, like, I wasn't blown away. And it was yeah. another one of those ones where it was a bit like, it's a bit hot tag heavy. It's a yeah. bit cut the corner off. Breeze gets beaten down. Dango comes in, does a few flips. Oh no, the numbers game. And now it's all over. Big, weird, stumpy thing to finish. Yeah, do, 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 do you know what? Yeah. I like both teams. I just, yeah. I want Breezango to be a serious team. Like, mm-hmm. have a like have a serious turn at their gimmick or refresh it somehow because I'm, yeah. ju- I'm just a bit bored of the sort of comedy losers and they you know and as soon as Fandango came back Breeze became a comedy loser and it was like he was really like his return to NXT was so promising and so mm-hmm. good and Prince Pretty was such a good character back in the day yeah that I'm sort of gutted to see in too much of the main roster style stuff they gave him seep back in now yeah exactly yeah. But, but yeah I like the Forgotten Sons and I thought this was this was fine yeah I mean, it's just it's a match in the tag division just kind of rounds out that division a little bit more it was fine uh, we then get a video package uh, from Keith Lee, Keith who did Lee. a... There's a lot of these on this show, actually. I guess this is a general point about the, the show as a whole. There was a lot of just promos, but they were video packages rather than, you know, live yeah. in the ring promos. So we have one here from Keith Lee hyping up the match with Dominic Dijakovic that's coming next week, which yeah. they're calling the rubber match, which is yeah. their fourth encounter, but who's counting? Um, but did a really good job, and he, he's just like, hey, bask in my glory, etc., I'm well excited for this. Yeah, I, so excited for this match. And I guess the reason they're doing all these promo packages now is because I think so much of so much of NXT going to USA was the race to get ahead of AEW, right? So it was it was all built around a very short multi-week build to that show last week which was the mini like the the sort of balls to the wall uh 
mini takeover episode. And once that was done, like like I think like we said last week, that, that that episode felt like everything that happened in that episode was resolved. Yes. Basically, beyond the couple of returns that set things up going forward, everything else in that episode sort of felt like that we've just drawn a line under that now. Mm-hmm. None, none of those feuds feel like they'll carry on. Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle was written out of that story the second Finn Balor walked out the door. Uh, you know, uh, Street Profits, I think, became a bit irrelevant essentially after that yep. point where they lost that match. So, like, you kind of, this week felt very, beyond the two big matches, buildy. Yes. It was like, we have to now start rebuilding this roster and retelling mm-hmm. the story, which is why we're getting, like, who's this person? Who's that person? Get excited for this. This thing's happening next week. Blah, blah, blah. And that's what, that's kind of why... I would mark this episode down a little bit from where I wanted, where mm-hmm. I was going to put it, because I think those first those matches were awesome. The book ended the show. Everything in the middle felt too much like the opening segment of a build because it yeah. was. Yeah, because it was. Yeah, and and I think that's fine. And I think if they're gonna do it, doing it through video packages is a great way to do it mm-hmm. because they can showcase the character the way they want to. They can you know refine the promos and not have someone kind of flub their words live in the ring or anything like that. Mm. And if there's one thing that WWE are really good at, it's video packages. They are very good. At so video I think packages. doing doing these kind of promos through video packages, I'm honestly hoping that's something that carries on more and there's less in ring promo segments. Or if there are in-ring promo segments, it's stuff, you know, like post-match promos like we had here. Someone just be like, hey, I'm here. I'm calling this person out. Drop mic, etc." Yeah. That's fine. And I think if you have more more of the character-based stuff, if you have that through video packages, it gets, gets across the character a lot better, mm-hmm. I'd say. So, thumbs up from me. Uh, next up, Boa we had Boa. Boa was coming in to face off against Cameron Grimes and his hat. This hat's getting hat. a lot of screen time. It is, isn't it? An Including awful that, lot of screen that time. That weird shot that they keep doing where like, they've decided that part of his entrance is he puts his hat on the turnbuckle or on the ring post and then the camera slowly sort of sensually zooms in on it. Like it's Mandy Rose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm expecting the Vaseline next week. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah this, and this was, this was kind of a weird... Because they got to the ring... Match was about to start. Killian Dane ends up on the ramp, distracts everyone, yeah. allowing Cameron Grimes to immediately double stomp Boa for the win. Mm-hmm. Grimes then books it. Killian Dane gets into the ring and just goes, well, I'll just beat up Boa then. Yeah. And he gives him a couple of Vader bombs, chucks him about a bit, takes him out to the commentary table and dumps him on it and then says, this is just the beginning. Yep. Fine. I don't, yeah, it was all I right. I don't really know. I, I I guess this is going to be maybe this is building to Killian Dane getting this monster run of just appearing and beating down whoever he wants until it's kind of the some, Samoa Joe thing. Some babyface decides to step in and take him down. Yeah, which will be fine. Or it's going to be like a build to another William Regal thing of going. That was incredibly naughty, but um, have a universe, number one contender. Have a match. universal title match. I know it's not really <laughs> my place to do that, but you're going to have one. <laughs> I reckon it could be it could lead up to something like a Finn Balor or something like that. Yeah, that could be his first match back. Mm. Give him someone like Dane who's been having a bit of a monster run, and Balor just comes in and goes, "Not in my NXT," and then he beats him up. Or You're whatever. gonna make my diamond. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Whatever it is that you just said. Um, then we got another video promo. Uh, of Damien Priest talking about Pete Dunne because obviously last week Damien Priest came out and attacked Dunne um, after Dunne had a match with someone else. I can't remember who it was. It's Danny Birch. 
it was Danny Birch. Thank you very much. Um, he says that Dunn's name was just a bullseye and he took his shot because mm-hmm. archery. Archery. Yeah. He made me quiver. <laughs> no? Okay. Yeah. Um, it was fine. It was fine. His voice is so intimidating and I love it. He just needed to say better things. I yeah, I didn't mind this. I like I said I liked the at the expense of your name, Pete. Mine will live forever, which yeah. I think actually yeah, in this fine. in this sense in like this is the first time that we kind of I think I now understand what the character's grasping at mm-hmm. about the my name will live forever yeah. archer of infamy thing is like yeah okay I understand maybe then wanting to go against really good opponents so that your name you sort of steal the prestige from beating them that yeah. now makes sense. In a way that, like, I mean, it, it is also the most obvious wrestling story ever. Of course. Told with different words. Because yes. it's most people want to beat the person who's better than them. Because that's how you become a champion, usually. Yep. They were already the champion, so I want to beat you, so I become the champion. And then I get all the glory. Th- that's what this is. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, and I think it works fine. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's a perfectly simple enough story to build a solid feud out of it. And it's... Pete Dunn and Punishment Martinez. Like, yeah. they, it's going to be good. Well, it was about time that they did something where they pulled the trigger or they twanged the bow string at <laughs> Damien shot Priest. shot the arrow. Yeah, exactly. They let the arrow fly on uh, <laughs> yeah. Damien Priest because he has just been doing the same match for months and months and months in NXT now. And this is the first, like, feels like a feud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and this feels like a proper feud, which is great. Um, next up, we got uh, North American champion Roderick Strong in action against Asaya Swerve Scott, formerly known as Shane Strickland. And uh, this was another Beth Phoenix moment that I really liked. Uh, and she was saying that um, Swerve was really inspired by Rey Mysterio, and it was really cool. And one of his biggest influences, WWE Hall of Famer Edge, who's, of course, Beth Phoenix's husband or boyfriend or something. They're together. Um, and then Nigel and Mauro are just saying, oh, yeah, of course it's Edge. Blah, blah, blah. Of course you say that, Beth. And she goes, hey, I've got to get out of the doghouse somehow. Especially <laughs> after her comments from earlier about Bree Zango. <laughs> I, I, loved, I just love, like, Beth tonight was on fire. I thought, I thought she was great. Um, anyway. I'll tell you who else was on fire. Oh, both of these guys. Mr. Swerve, oh, I thought. They were I thought both was, fantastic. I mean, it was, it was such a good match. And I love the fact that it wasn't just a squash. Yes, it wasn't, Or it wasn't just like a Swerve gets a little bit of... It wasn't short. I think that's. I think that's the key. It, ma- it made. Uh, I'm just going to call him Strickland because it's much easier. Swerve. Like, no, Shane Strickland is a much better name. Swerve. Na- swerve. Oh, it's hard. Swerve. So, it's, it's difficult to say swerve <laughs> as like a. So swerve goes. Uh, yeah. No. I, I just thought it was so cool that he got so much offense in, and it was such good, interesting offense as well. And I think that was my favorite bit about it. There was like. Like a few spots that really stood out to me. He did this like cartwheel splash at the beginning that I was just like, that's cool. Yep. Don't see that every day. Mm-hmm. He did a bit towards the end where he he kicks Roddy's legs off the middle turnbuckle and he slides down and sort of ends up hanging. He super kicks him and then does a DDT, like a draping DDT oh, from there. So good. And then the other bit that I loved was he tripped him on the apron. Mm-hmm. Roddy's legs catch in the bottom rope and he's now dangling down by, uh, just by the floor. Yep. So he jumps, he slingshots himself over the top rope and delivers double stomp on the way down. That is so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. So innovative and different. And there's just little things like the little way he does, uh, little ways he does his offense. It's like, oh, he'll do a kick, but he won't just do a kick. He'll like jump into it and like delay it loads and like 
do it right in the side of the neck, and it's like, oh, it, look, it just looks so different and unique and cool. There were some massive chops from Strong in this one, like, mm. <laughs> really, like, oh, there was, hard there, to there, watch there was, chops. there was one that just made everyone go, ooh. Ooh. Like, actually, about, like, uh, stopped, all, like, all the ooh. commentary stopped talking, they went, Ooh, oh, that, that hurt. That was a hard one, yeah. Um, it, I, there was one spot that I absolutely loved because it's such a dumb, stupid spot. Roderick Strong goes in the corner as a, as a, a Swerve is leaning against the corner, Swerve. gets up on top of him and delivers eight punches. And the crowd <laughs> chant along with him, one, two, three, four, goes all the way up to eight. And then he just gets up the crowd to go, boo, because <laughs> I wanted to get to ten. <laughs> it's such a good spot. I think um, Rod- Heel Roddy's great. Heel Roddy's fantastic. I, I think this match finally paid off. Like me and Luke did a whole uh, like podcast episode about Shane Strickland mm-hmm. w- when he was in the breakout tournament because we felt like that episode was like, this guy's a star. He's got yeah. star power. And I can't believe that he didn't even go anywhere near the end of the uh, breakout tournament. Like, what? Jordan Miles over this guy? Like, yeah. I like Jordan Miles. I think he's great. I just don't think the character works. This guy's amazing. Cameron Grimes has been on every week, basically, except last week. And he's got a hat. And he's got a hat. So we put a hat on Swerve. Because <laughs> a hat on Swerve would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, I just think I, he he oozes star power. And he I think does. Like, he's got that presence to him. And then you see his in-ring work, and it's so mm-hmm. unique and so cool. You can't help but be like, I think this guy's going to be really big in NXT. And I'm I'm so surprised that they didn't use him more in the breakout tournament. Exactly, yeah. Um, the, the finish of this match came where I was assuming it was going to be Undisputed Era interference like it normally is. And it sort of was, but sort of wasn't. They came out onto the ramp, um, but they didn't like interfere or anything straight away. Uh, you had those spots that you mentioned with the uh, draping DDT mm-hmm. and then the double stumps to the outside. And it's as he rolls Roddy back in the ring and as he's getting back inside the ring after that spot, he kind of stops for a second and looks back at the ear and goes... You? Yeah, because they lean forward. Yeah, they, they like, lean forward as they if lo- they're going to do they something. They loom menacingly. Yes, and he just goes, you? That's in the watch in, out in the stage direction. Asterix <laughs> looms menacingly. <laughs> yeah. Asterix. Uh, so then as he gets in, it's been a little bit more time. So Strong's had the chance to recover. He comes up, delivers a big knee, and then uh, what else was it? There was end of the heartache, end of heartache, and then, heartache, and then, and then the stronghold. That was it, yeah. Uh, and he makes him tap for the win, which was fun because... I really don't like it when cheating heels cheat every single match. No. And this wasn't cheating. They were just there at ringside. Yeah. And it looked like they were sort of doing something, but not. And they didn't actually get physically involved with the match. No, they caused it the distraction. Just, but it was sort a distraction, a... but it almost shouldn't have been a distraction. It was like yeah. Swerve could have avoided it if he was a bit more like experienced. But it's, all, but it's like also that, one of those I mean? things of like using your reputation, your reputation preceding you. So you're, you've got a reputation for getting in the ring and causing mm-hmm. havoc. So people are a bit like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Yeah. Don't do that thing that I know you always do. It's like, hey, we weren't even doing anything. Yeah, exactly. So I think it, it works on both ends for for Swerve to get distracted and for Era to be like, no, we're perfect. We weren't even going to do anything. Yeah, and I think Roddy, it works and justification. It, and it both. makes Roddy the consummate professional because he took all the damage and then at the end managed to pull it out of the mm-hmm. bag when he took his moment at the right time. Yeah, I really loved it. Uh, and then so then Cole gets in the ring. Mm-hmm. He grabs a microphone. He says, "Post match promo." What I love about NXT is that the best of the best come here to test themselves against the undisputed era but thinking they're going to win is just a dream yep and it's like did somebody say did dream s- did someone say dream so, did somebody say his name yes so then it's velveteen dream mm-hmm. ow 
appears they on the bal- he appears dream. on that weird balcony they've got. Yeah, now. I don't know what that is. It's Kath- Kathy Kelly's domain. <laughs> He's there, yeah, and he's on the balcony. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes out on the balcony. All that's happened between them. I know. Um, comes out on the balcony, and he says, "Hey, look! I know some of the undisputed era are obviously great, but he says, but hey, Roderick Strong, let me show you what your reality is.' And it's got the picture of Roderick Strong where he's just wearing sunglasses and the North American title across his crotch. Mm-hmm. It's a throwback, I guess, to the Shawn Michaels WWF." championship picture of old mm-hmm. looks really funny I, it, it really puts over strong's character work it's even more it's a great photo and they were just like yeah that's, that's me a great photo great yeah. photo Wonderful. don't know what you're talking about awesome, dream man uh and then dream says well when he beats him for the north american title he's then gonna strip him he's gonna strip him of the north american title and the whole world will see how he doesn't measure up hey. and then on the picture the title goes away and it's got a little sense of thingy and there's basically nothing there. We see Roderick Dong. Hey, hey. except we don't see it. That's the, that's that's the joke. The illusion is that there's Roderick Dong. Exactly. But there isn't. Yeah. Um, that's the joke, I guess, is that he doesn't like, have a penis. I love, I love that he gets he gets so insane. He gets so well. worked he gets up. So angry. It's <laughs> yeah. so funny. Yeah. yeah he really, he really plays cool. it off so well. Just being like, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you. You're a piece of you. You. It's like, yeah. it's like he even can't get his words out because he's so angry. And then just at this moment where it's like, well, that was really funny. Yeah. That was really like uh, a silly, fun NXT build because it's also building to the the North American Championship match rematch between the two mm-hmm. in two weeks time right yes and you're like that's a fun silly bit of build yep then some music hits doesn't it yeah. uh, and out comes captain serious oh, leader of mate. the si- leader of team serious yep Tommaso champa walks out dragging a crutch with him love it uh wanders down to the ring stops at the ring steps leans over the barricade pulls out a chair <laughs> gets in the ring everyone else runs away yep he sits down in the center of the ring looks right at adam cole and says, Goldie, daddy's home. Which started, daddy's home, daddy's home. Oh, it was amazing. I loved it. Such a good, such a good segment, all in all. Because I really like the way it feels like, yeah, Undisputed Era, you've won all the gold. Now you're getting attacked by multiple people on yeah, multiple different sides. After Everyone's after you now. And I, I feel like this really put that over. It's like, yeah, sure, you've fulfilled the prophecy. Now you got to keep it. Because yeah. you've got everyone coming gunning for you. I really, really like this segment. Um, yeah, and I'm excited for all the build that's coming later. I don't know if it's going to be a Champa or Bala thing going forward. It looks like they're more leaning towards a Champa Cole feud for now. So I don't know whether Bala's going to do something else. Yeah, and then come into it later it on. It was weird I don't know. to not see Bala this week. Mm, it was. Uh, I feel like I feel week. like if yeah, if last week was your surprise. And last week you lost in the ratings. Mm-hmm. This week probably felt like the time to be like, Finn Balor's going to be there. Yeah. Say Finn Balor will be there and put Finn Balor on the show and see yeah. if that bumps your ratings at all. That's a good show. I, I guess they need to have him away to then put him back on to see if there's a bump, if that makes sense. Because they had the return. And then if you have one without him and then you have one with him, then you've yeah. got the comparison between the two, True. I guess. Yeah, I guess I don't so. know. Um, but either way, I'm, I'm still excited to see what happens between I'm all stoked, of them. I'm yeah. So excited. Um, then we get a video recap of Kushida and Walter's brief mini feud leading up to their match later on in the night. Mm-hmm. Walter kicks him in the face. It's cool. Uh, and then we get, uh, during the commercial break after we come out, we get a little um, video highlight uh, replay. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, of something that happened during the commercial break where Kathy Kelly goes up to interview Tommaso Ciampa. 
Angel Garza interrupts, speaks a load of Spanish to Champa, uh, who then just forearms him in the face and he falls on the floor. Then Kathy just goes, Champa, what did he say? And he just goes, I have no idea. And then walks <laughs> off. It was really funny. And also, if you'd like to know what he did say, man who studied Spanish once upon a time, rough translation, do not take this word for word, but I believe he said roughly something along the lines of he doesn't care about Champa and he doesn't care that he's returned... I'm good, or something along those it's a lines. Weird thing to say to somebody's face. Yeah, it's like I don't care about you. I don't care about the fact you returned. And then he just went bonk. Dear, See you later, oh mate. Oh dear me. Yep. Anyway, that was that was a funny little thing for Champa to do. And then we got the next match in the women's division, which was Dakota Kai versus Bianca Belair. Mm. This was a fun match, wasn't it? I, I really like this match. I think it was a. It continues the. It kind of continues and then sort of. Flattens the return story of Dakota Kai. I thought sort of. I was I wasn't overly keen on the ending. Um, yeah, but I thought the match itself was actually really really fun. Like Dakota mm-hmm. Kai coming out and kicking all kinds of hell out of uh, Bianca Belair was great, and I like I like the sort of this new fired up Dakota Kai that we're getting because I think Dakota always flopped previously in NXT between two types of Dakota Kai. She was the Dakota Kai who beat useless people in about ten seconds, or she was the Dakota Kai that had very spirited matches against Shayna Baszler, but then also spent half the match on the floor holding her arm or a yeah. knee or something going, ah this was Which she's very good at, by yeah, the way. Yeah, she is very good at. But this this was a match in which Dakota Kai was in control mm-hmm. and took control and felt like the dominant force against Bianca Belair. Which isn't very common against no, Bianca Belair. But I also felt like this was the kind of like this was kind of what I would have done with Dakota Kai. I would be working Dakota Kai into a position where when Rhea Ripley inevitably wins the NXT Women's Championship from Shayna Baszler... Say it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Is it? When she does, Dakota Kai can pick up the Shayna Baszler feud. I, she, That'd be cool. Dakota Kai can finish her feud with Shayna Baszler or have that exact feud with Rhea Ripley because yeah. I think they fit the same, they fit the same mould. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, this was an opportunity to sort of build some momentum with Kai to set her up. You know, she could have been a roadblock on the way for Ripley or she could have... I don't know, just, I guess, just making something of that momentum from the return because I feel like Bianca Belair's momentum has flatlined. A little bit. Off the back of the four-way match and all that other Mm -hmm. stuff. Like, you know, and and also just her loss to Shayna Baszler in the first place and when she tried to salvage it by saying, I'm still undefeated in In my my mind. In my mind, in my mind. And everyone just kind of went, doesn't necessarily work, love. But yeah, I I thought this match was actually really, really good. It was... uh, I like Kai's trip that she does when she's outside. She trips them and spins them around and just kicks mm-hmm. them in the head and as they come around. kicks them in the head. Really good fun. That was fun. Yeah, but then eventually it just sort of... Kai misses one kick and then gets put directly into the KOD and Bianca Belair wins. Yeah, and I mean... it. There was some really cool stuff like Belair held like a double chicken wing and like carried her around the ring for a bit mm. and just dropped her and then did a running shooting star press and I was like whoa oh, she did that like there was nothing yeah. as well she just it went just she was just smiling as she did it just like woo um, yeah it was it was crazy uh, so th- there were some nice spots in the match but it was just a bit of like didn't really feel like it was time for the finish I feel like they needed like a little sequence leading into the finish or something yeah it was a bit it sudden just, and, yeah. it, and it didn't and then, and then yeah and then Bianca Belair funnily enough Grabs a microphone to cut post match promo. promo. Uh, and she says, I heard what Rhea said. And she says, I th- if anyone thinks they're going to get to Shayna Baszler, they got to go through me. I believe she said, nah, 
Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. She was being very sassy. She was very sassy. Yeah, uh, but if that means we're going to get Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bianca Belair is the sort of person who I think that does make the Rhea Ripley win feel bigger. Like Dakota Kai mm-hmm. wouldn't be a bigger win for Rhea Ripley, but yeah. Belair or Mia Yim, someone like that would feel like quite a big deal. Yes, for sure. And I think I think that definitely puts her in contention to face Baszler because those people have already faced Baszler. Mm-hmm. So I guess it makes sense if they beat them, she can face Baszler. Exactly. And everyone else, I think, is a bit a bit on the small side. And yeah. It just looks like an easy win for, mm-hmm. you know, a Candice the Ray wouldn't serve the same purpose. Exactly. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and then we get the commentary putting over the conference again, oh, saying yeah, almost conference. exactly the same things as last time. And then we get the uh, return promo from Dominic Dijakovic about Keith Lee going on to their match next mm-hmm. week. And he's saying that he knows Keith Lee and... You know, I know his limits and all that stuff. And he's limitless. He's limitless, but I know his limits and blah, blah, blah. We've done all these matches and I'm ready for him, etc. And they're really putting over that this is going to be the like the final Lee Dijakovic mm-hmm. confrontation. I hope not. Which, yeah, I hope not because I want them to have a takeover match before this is over. But also I don't want them to do it too much. So I want them to have this match. And then a takeover match. And then maybe not war games maybe they do other things for a while but then happenstance puts them back together one of them's the north american champion and happens to the other one happens to be the number one contender mm. it's like oh god we've got another lee dijakovic match and it's like hey remember all this stuff they did like last year uh-oh we've yeah, got another okay, one of these yeah, things timed for, yeah. yeah that'd be nice yeah i i think that that would be the way to do it so if the, if this is going to be the end of it for now do it again later. Don't just don't either continue to do it after you've already said it's going to be the end, and also don't never do it again because <laughs> it's going to be really good. Don't never do it again. Good <laughs> advice. Yeah. Uh, we then got another Finn Balor package. Mm. So this was a continuation of the one earlier. One earlier was just about NXT, and then this one was him saying, "And here was his main roster run, Universal Title, and back in NXT, yes, yeah. everyone." So yeah, we had the the, the two combined. There. And then we then got a Pete Dunne response promo package where he was just working out looking really ripped because mm-hmm. he's gone to america i guess yeah uh it was he, fun yeah i liked it he said how's he going to shoot a bow and arrow with broken fingers which i enjoyed it's quite good uh and, and he I, says I, he's gonna he says he's gonna live forever but he might not make it through next week hey, Ooh, lads, lads, lads. Lads, lads. uh i he quite like he's the... going to live forever <laughs> but he might not make it through next he's week. really turned down the brummy accent hasn't he yeah good god he how's he gonna sound shoot like a bow and arrow with broken fingers <laughs> <laughs> i i quite liked uh Done saying that he knows why he attacked him. He's like, hey, when I first came, Triple H told me to make a name for myself, so I totally get why he's targeted me. Mm. But doesn't matter. I'm still going to beat him up. Like, whatever. Yeah, no nonsense. No nonsense. I'm just going to break his fingers. Um, and that match is next week. That's wicked. Rad. That'd be really cool. That'd be a good, fun match. So we then saw Leo Rush backstage celebrating with various people in the roster, mm-hmm. including Rick Bugs. Rick Bugs. Got to give him something to do. And Darren Young. I think was there. Was it? He's not there in WWE anymore, is he? No, I, I was that. very confused. I was like, is that Darren Young? And then I didn't get a chance to look at it again because I was on to the next thing and I couldn't be bothered to go back. So it probably wasn't, but that's who I saw anyway. Tropper saw the ghost of Darren Young. Possibly, in yeah. In the uh, broadcast. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe what, have you seen your toast? what face did you see in your toast this morning? <laughs> <laughs> it's Jesus. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, that, that the was, Turin that toast. Was fine. <laughs> Stop trying to think of other jokes, Laurie. Why? God, you always do that. When we're moving on to something else, you'll be like, this other joke I just thought of. And you'll come back into it. <laughs> okay. But then we get on to the main event, which is Kushida versus Walter in 
when their names are written out, it's the shoutiest match ever because they're both mm. all in capitals. Um, I think WWE have taken the capitals away from Kushida's name. I know, yeah. Because of that. Probably, yeah. But it's still, Walter Kushida! <laughs> um, and this was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walter overpowers Kushida early, obviously. Um, and then Walter does like a little tease where he pats Kushida on the head and... You know, everyone's like, ooh, that's bad. And then Kashida comes back in and he manages to take him down and he pats him on the head and everyone goes, ah, you mm. don't talk, Walter. And then he slaps him as well and everyone's like, oh no, you effed up, son. <laughs> yeah, I uh, love this match. I thought it was yeah, so good. It was so good. It was such a good escalation as well from mm-hmm. like, it, and, it did, and it went back to that sort of, that similar thing to Leroy was doing with Drew Gulak of like, I'm using speed to overcome your sort of overpowering offense. But it worked, it kind of made even more sense here because Walter is such a presence that if he mm-hmm. gets control and slows things down, you're just like, you just he just takes his time slowly ch- like chopping bits of your chest off. He'll <sighs> hew you. There were so many chops. And I love Mauro well. saying like as well, that, you know, and I think what's so cool about this match, and it's actually something they didn't really do very much of in the hype to it, is that both men are undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Samara so was saying all the time in commentary, somebody's O has got to go, mm-hmm. which sounded which... like a weird way to say you've lost your virginity. But I don't like <laughs> it's, it. Was this? It was just a really, actually, quite a momentous match for both men, and yeah. I, I wish that kind of that factored more into the build for this. Mm, yeah, because um, I do think it's a very interesting point, and I think the right man won in the end of this match. Yes, as well, I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, like I said, great, loads of great spots in this match, loads of chops. Uh, Kushida went for a, a sunset power bomb at one point onto Walter, which got the crowd really excited. But Walter was just like, "Nope!" and then stops on his face. Stops on his face. It was amazing. Yeah, and there was, a, but there was also a bit where Kushida hits a uh, spring DDT from the apron to the floor. Yeah. He just jumps up, grabs water, and is like, "We're coming down here now." Down, down you go, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Was awesome. Um, after that. The referee started ch- giving a 10 count to the guys on the outside, and the crowd were chanting the actual numbers that the referee was doing and not the number 10. Mm-hmm. God, I've missed that. It's weird what the little things you miss. Mm. But it's nice to hear the crowd going, three, four, instead of 10 all the time. Anyway, that was my own personal uh, pet peeve got right there. bullied by Roderick Strong earlier. Possibly, yeah. Um, but then... Um, if we don't do it right, he won't let us say 10. Oh, th- there was an amazing part towards the end where Kushida manages to get in the hoverboard lock and he, g- he gets him up on kind of the, the the ropes and he manages to get in sort of a hoverboard lock and then Walter stands up and then he delivers kind of a Spanish fly while holding onto the mm. hoverboard lock, gets him down and then continues the submission on the floor and it looked incredible. It looked so good and the crowd were going crazy because they thought this might be the end but Walter manages to, to get out of it. He gets his foot on the ropes. Gets his foot on the ropes, manages to get out of it. He manages to chop Kushida but Kushida fires back and then Walter out of nowhere just hits a shotgun drop kick. Just coming straight in, two feet, skadoosh. Mm. See you later, mate. Oh, that was so good. Gets a power bomb, and then Kushida kicks out, and the crowd went crazy because they thought that was the end. Yeah. And totally deservedly so, that could have been a finish, and it just wasn't. And the crowd went crazy. It was awesome. And then after that, though, I can't tell whether this is good or bad. This actual finish because you had shotgun drop kick, power bomb. He was teasing doing the splash earlier. He did the sleeper earlier, but Kushida got out of it. And then at this point, he does the, the power bomb. The crowd going crazy. Ah, gets him up. Ripcord clothesline, one, two, three. And I'm like, that's cool. 
it's really cool, and I really, really like it that Walter has so many different ways that he can finish a match. Because mm. he does the sleeper, he does the powerbomb, he did the splash, he's got a ripcord clothesline. It feels like he could just end it any way possible. And that's really, really cool. I just don't know if this was the way to finish this match. I think it was fine because I think it was it the story they were telling was that like Kushida was at his limit, I think. Mm-hmm. They were they were saying like that's kind of how I read the match. Like when Kushida gets that hoverboard lock in, he's desperate for him yeah. to tap out. There was there was even a bit where like he's holding the, the hoverboard lock in and he's using his leg to stamp yeah. on Walter's shoulders and head to like force him to tap and then Walter still gets to the ropes. And then, yeah, this, this, I felt like that kick out from the, it was the glory bomb, essentially. Mm. You know, like he kicks out of that. That's everything he's got left. So, Walter bringing him up and doing another devastating move absolutely should be enough. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think, like, I don't think Kushida lost anything by, uh, Losing that match, I think no, he looked, I don't think so he looked amazing. He looked like he could hang with a guy twice his size. Um, he looked like he wasn't afraid of a guy twice his size. He looked like he almost had a guy twice his size. And I, I just feel like what, like when you're doing that, but Walter was the United Kingdom champion, so you can't have him lose to Kushida here. Exactly, yeah. It makes sense, and also like Kushida, Kushida has to have a loss at some point because they're not going to be able to tell the story they were telling with Kushida now that he's just facing all challenges because clearly Raw and SmackDown uh, visitors aren't wanted anymore, particularly mm-hmm. uh, because of the draft and stuff. I think yeah. that, you know that all that stuff's going to have to go away, so it's better to just get a loss out the way for Kushida and then start to build him to whatever match you need him to build to because you get more bandwidth in singular feuds because there's one mm-hmm. thing that Kushida's been missing is actual feuds because yeah. feuds normally have to have back and forth and you can't do back and forth with a man who doesn't lose exactly yeah that's so true um, yeah that, that was the uh, the end of the show with Walter just celebrating on the stage they did announce for next week we're going to have Tommaso Ciampa versus Angel Garza mm-hmm. should be a fun match and we've got that Lee and Dijak match for next week and in two weeks we've got Strong versus Dream for the North American Championship I cannot wait so... to see the disdain on Tommaso Ciampa's face when Angel Garza whips his trousers off <laughs> I'd be so, I really hope they have Champa come out first and not second. I hope Champa whips his uh, combat trousers off and he's got his trunks <laughs> oh, on. Maybe. That would be amazing. That would be incredible. Uh, overall, I thought this was a really solid show. Yeah. Um, it didn't it, have the razzle-dazzle of last week. No, it definitely but... didn't. And I didn't expect it to. No. Um, I think last week was an exceptional show where they just threw everything at it. But I think this is the kind of quality I'd love to have every single week. Yes. With the occasional week where you've got something extra special on it. But this, I, I would say, should be kind of the uh, about the quality you should expect from week to week. There's a couple of really good matches, especially the ones that bookended the show. Some other decent ones throughout. Always built the feuds. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave it a four out of five, whatever ga- that rating is. Yeah, I gave it a four out of five, an undisputedly good. Undisputedly, I gave good. it a low one, only mm-hmm. but only because it feels like a lot of that stuff in the middle was a slow burn build to a bunch yes. of stuff, rather than like. Uh, I don't feel like we're in the stories yet. I feel like we're about we're basically being told what the stories will be. Yes, exactly. And we're going to get yeah. it next week or mm-hmm. or the week after. Yes. However, those those two matches were amazing. I think Walter Kashida is one of the best matches that NXT's had this year. Yeah. I think it was absolutely fantastic, yeah. And I'm very much looking forward to next week again. Mm. So it's making me want to tune in. So top job, everyone. Well done.
Let's get into some uh, Super Chats real quick then. Uh, we've got Lil Dominator, who said, So glad to see Champa and Kai back. My two favorites in NXT. First Super Chat for my favorite show on YouTube. Well, thank you very much thank for you. that. Uh, I have actually just been sent the link for the... Uh, never mind. I'm just going to read them out. Um... I'll message you later, Tomo, for, because I can't read them. Uh, Traveshkar Purai said, Brizango channeling their inner village people. Yeah. Yeah. Not a fan of it, if I'm honest. Yeah, I really don't like it. It wasn't great. Next week they come out as firemen, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, probably. They're, uh, they're just leaning into the stripper thing. Yeah, they like, are. Yeah. Getting their pipes cleaned and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah it's a bit I don't weird. like it. Yeah, it was, it was funny. It was a funny moment. It was, but fairly, it was made funny by people talking about it. Yes, that I don't, I agree I don't with. think it was inherently funny, them coming no, out. No, like them that. coming out as construction workers wasn't funny. I think the, yeah, the comedy around it was funny. Uh, Mike Dempsey said, I liked Dynamite more uh, for just excitement, but NXT had them beat on video quality. Mm -hmm. Video quality, I guess, is a factor, but I guess it wouldn't be the, the be-all, end-all of the show. I but... think NXT is very good at telling stories, and yes, AEW is still getting its ball rolling yeah. in terms of what stories it's telling. And it's got like a lot of confusing multi-man feuds at the moment, mm -hmm. AEW. Yeah, for sure. Um, a little bit of unpicking, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we got Mike Dempsey again saying, Walter versus Henchman 21. That'd be a feud, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, Oblivious Kari said, please put Raw on Wednesday so I can watch NXT. What? Mm. If you put Raw on Wednesday, then you can't watch NXT because NXT's on Wednesday. Yeah. But then we could have NXT on Monday, maybe? I don't know what they want from us. <laughs> Take up your issue with the USA Network. Uh, put Raw on Wednesday... So I can watch NXT. It's a riddle. Don't know. Uh, the Zorni said, uh, please release a schedule for videos on the website. Um, we do have a schedule. I don't know if it's been tweeted or not. But I believe we have one. Yeah, we do. We've got uh, graphic design. We've got a graphic designed of a schedule. So it's somewhere. I don't know whether it's public yet. But it will it be on It'll be on the YouTube channel header and uh, yeah. the website, hopefully. It will be at, some, at point. some point soon. You know where you can see it, because I forgot to mention this at the start of the stream. Hopefully, if all goes well, we're live not only on YouTube today, but also on Twitch and on Facebook. Whoa. After this stream is done, if you go over to twitch.tv slash WrestleTalk, the offline screen is the schedule. That much I do know. There you so go. So there's a place you can definitely see it. You don't... And I would recommend while you're there, you know, drop us a follow and all that stuff. But you don't have to. If you just want to check the schedule, just go over to that Twitch page and you'll you'll see it there. Because I put it there. Are we so the I new ninja? Yes. I don't know what a Twitch is. I don't know how it works. We are, we are we the are new ninja. ninja? We yeah. are oh, ninja, cool. yes. We are, in fact, Sweet. ninja. So we need to dye your hair. Wait. Um, it's funny because I also don't know. I'm going to get a balaclava. Yeah, perfect. Um, Mike Montiel said, Since Laurie kept asking, where does Undisputed Era go after fulfilling the prophecy? Is this the best way to continue Undisputed Era's run? Lovely time with the boys. Hashtag daddy's home. Uh, I actually, yeah, I really liked your point about saying they're now under fire from all comers. And actually, mm -hmm. I, I would love if the story was this realization from the guys that they were like, Oh, this maybe this isn't worth it. Like, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like they're just like, well, now we we sort it's like a cursed chalice. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, having all the gold just paints a big target on you, and it just means that every week, anytime you're trying to do anything 
five, pe- five people are like, Mah-ha! but I want in on this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'd like, that could yeah, be quite I, a fun. I really like I, and I think the Gunner Speaker era could play that up really, like, really comedically and yeah. really well. Yeah, uh, I think it's great. Um, the real YT said, "Where does Kashida go from here? Do you think he should change his character to be more over more with the WWE universe?" I think he's pretty over. Yeah. I, I think Kashida's over. I think uh, it's fine. I think he, I think he's doing really well. Like people were really into him in that match. Where does he go from here? I think probably a couple of squash matches start to build him into a title feud, yeah. either for the North American or maybe even for the cruiserweight belt. Yeah, put him in on. Yeah, he, I'd I mean, really like that. Yeah. A very well-known cruiserweight champion. I said, right. yeah, several avenues for him to go down from here. Uh, Zayad War War said, uh, going through some tough times right now, and you boys are the only thing keeping me sane. Support Wrestle Talk, everyone. Heart emoji. Well, thank you very, thank much. You very much. And sorry to hear about your tough times, but I hope they get better soon. Uh, Mike Dempsey said, uh, Jericho countered with the ref too. I haven't seen Dynamite, so sorry. I don't know the reference. Um, Mike Dempsey again said, We the people is dead. Brizango Jackhammer. They said Any that they, well, people were chanting "We the People" in ah, AW, and I, uh, I think Jericho said, "No, that gimmick's dead. That was bad writing." Ooh, <laughs> that's nice. That's a good good line from Jericho. Yeah. Um, Someone said it. Well, maybe it wasn't Jericho. Yeah. Uh, Danny <laughs> Danny Trashman Devito said, "Thanks, Pete and Tyson, for the review." You're welcome. It's a classic. Happy to be the Gypsy King. Uh, Mike Dempsey said, The Fiend to NXT? No, I wouldn't think so. No, I feel, I feel like The Fiend is a main main roster proposition and works really well on the main roster, apart from mm-hmm. a Hell in a Cell. So, yeah. That's, if they, that's were, just, the if they were a little less gun-shy, they would uh, be on to probably one of the biggest things they've had in years with The Fiend. If, mm-hmm. they, just, if they had just put the belt on him at, at Hell in a Cell... Yep. The whole complexion of it would have changed. Legit. All he had to do was win. And I think it doesn't matter what kind of match they had, as long as he won. But it's, also, especially when you're building everything around SmackDown. Do you know yeah, what? Yeah. Everything else is happening on SmackDown. You you only care about SmackDown. So what does it even matter who's got the best belt on Raw? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even what know. What a man. waste of time. I what don't know. stupid thinking. The only thing I'm thinking is... He's going to win it as is, is, is if then. Fox pulled their big boy card and just said we want the fiend so he can't win the raw title maybe and i think there's a way around that to have him win the universal and then like relinquish it or something or anything just something that doesn't have him you know should have won won the match just should have won like doesn't even he doesn't even have to keep the belt should have won the match like also if he doesn't like if they would they were trying to do the story that he didn't want the belt in the match in the commentary yeah but they didn't tell that story very well on Firefly Funhouse. They mentioned it a little. They've mentioned it like one time on mm-hmm. Firefly Funhouse. Make that a big part of the story. It's like, I don't care about the belt. Like, I don't, yeah, exactly. Don't, yeah. The Fiend doesn't care about belts and stuff. But then have mm-hmm. him win the match and then just leave the belt. Yeah. Then you can have, at Survivor Series, a multi-man match to crown the Universal Champion, which Rollins can win if he wants to. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. But yeah. then you actually, you kind of free up the opportunity for after the draft to choose your champion again, which from just a logistics admin point of view, must be a really useful thing to have. It's yeah. like, we can let you put whoever we want in this tip. We don't have to really write anything. Great. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've got a co- actually a couple more Super Chats just before we end off here. Uh, Anthony Bennett said, felt, felt the crowd was a bit dead tonight. I disagree. I think they were quite hot. I thought they were massively hot. Really hot for various segments. I think there was somewhere they were a bit quieter, but that's just because they weren't as into various things. But I think for the stuff they were into, they came really alive for it. Yeah. 
So I think I think it was yeah, it was a good crowd. They were really hot for Rhea. I think they were really hot for the opener. They were quiet for Breezango, but Bree, that was silly. Uh, Kushida Walter, they were through the roof for. Undisputed really hot era, for they era. were really hot for. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Dakota Kai, they loved. Yeah, I think they were well into. I just think a lot they're, of things. They're, they're just a smaller crowd. Yeah, so I they're think not that's as it, yeah. loud. If you compare it to something like a, a Dynamite or a Raw and SmackDown, it's not going to be as loud because there's not mm. as many people. Um, and finally, Mike Dempsey just says, Chopper, watch out. Tyson wants a piece of you. Same joke. Again. Tyson. Tyson. Mike Tyson. Oh, God. Where's he? <laughs> Is that the one we're talking about? No. Which Tyson? Fury. Hmm. Saying that you look like him is the joke. Oh, I thought this, I just thought they said I would love a Mike Tyson. I thought that's weird. That is weird. If that someone said weird, you look like Mike Tyson, yeah, I'd be weird. like, uh, I look more like Mike Tyson's that. tiger. So I've got a, an email. If you're interested to hear it, no. Uh, fair enough. All right, yeah, yeah. Um, that's it. Let's we're going home now. Yeah. All right. <laughs> pack it up. Let's go. Um, we have got an email from Limps, who comes in in the Super Chats sometimes, <clears throat> who comes in to say, Hello, Pete, Laurie, Luke, Ollie, Andy, the Super Chat moderators, and the SWAF Nation. It ha- I happened to come across a tweet you made about a tweet about the WrestleTalk channel becoming a de facto authority through your opinions about WWE slash AEW. Thus, you're sort of not allowed to S-word on any wrestling product. This happened on Twitter. Someone said, you're not allowed to have opinions because you have a big channel. And I said, no, we have opinions. We're a um, channel of opinions. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. I didn't understand this tweet. But anyway, um, Limbs came across, this, uh, came across this tweet and it says, uh, like food, wrestling commentaries are an acquired taste. Uh, and I just happen to like the WrestleTalk flavor peppered over my ears during my daily affairs. I like how everything Don't in the wrestling world... <laughs> I like how everything in the wrestling world should be logical. I probably say this in all the emails I sent here. This flavor doesn't necessarily appeal to everyone's palate, of course, hence the diversity of opinions. In my opinion, though, putting a black or white color on a commentary isn't a good practice since it invalidates other ideas or perspectives that contradict it, and it does not allow for a healthy discussion of what's good wrestling, what's bad, and how it can be made better to appease the global fan base. I know I'm stating the obvious, but these should not dishearten any one of you in the live booth or in the writing desk from saying your piece and how a match was booked or how a character is developing, since your insights enhance our ability to appreciate the products more, whether it be WWE or AEW or any other wrestling promotion. And if we are legitimate fans, we'll be able to take your ideas at face, mesh it with our own ideas, make you see other angles you probably overlooked, challenge those ideas again, and it'll all roll up... Excuse me, and it'll all roll up it into a nice, richer, frothier listening slash streaming experience at WrestleTalk. And then in bold, it says you'll come across all other weird opinions and super chats down the line. But as long as you stay authentic like this, you'll gain the subscriptions, the supporters, and the love your channel truly deserves. I've been a supporter ever since day one. I don't dig some of your clickbait-ish links, which you at least fairly acknowledge. But the depth and delivery of a content is what makes me stay. And I tend to remain a supporter through and through. Love for all of you. Keep up the consistency in your craft. And let's look forward to and support a thrilling world of wrestling in the days ahead damn what a hell of a lot of shows and promotions on the way it's the fans that win and probably you guys that need more people and more sleep cheers limps thanks very much limps <clears throat> yeah cheers, i limps. think i think it's worth yeah it's worth pointing out that like you know i think we get the the the, the accusations of bias based on uh whether or not we liked smackdown compared to AEW, etc um we are probably more critical of WWE because we've watched a lot of WWE. Mm-hmm. And therefore, when they do the same old stuff, it doesn't feel uh, good. 
Mm. When they when they make the same mistakes over and over again, it comes with the weight of history of the amount of mistakes they've made. However, doesn't mean we're not fans. Doesn't mean we didn't like don't like watching the wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like overall, I think we we keep we've all chosen to do this job. We keep going back to the well and keep watching it. So either we're suckers for punishment, yeah, or we quite like wrestling. Yeah. And I think that I think yeah, the I think the worry is that you know not naming names or telling anyone they're they're silly but sometimes with fans they want you to reflect their opinion back at them yes um and i yeah no i definitely like watch youtube channels with people who have similar opinions to me because i quite like to hear it just said out loud Mm -hmm. um and that's good that's fine but that's not always going to be the way it goes and it doesn't mean there's an inherent bias or whatever it just happens to mean that like on that day like that problem last week that that all came about because me and you didn't rate SmackDown the same as Ollie and Luke rated AEW. Yes. At the time, me and you hadn't seen AEW. No. And exactly. we were tasked with watching SmackDown. So yes. I watched SmackDown and I thought it was Bobbins. <laughs> so I said, It's Bobbins. Yeah. Uh because it wasn't it wasn't a show for me. Like I'm not and I think we said this quite fairly in the review of it, that you know, this was a show built around WWE's new mainstream proposition, and that's why the big angle, the big closing angle was Brock and Cain Velasquez. That's why Tyson Fury was there in the crowd. And that's why, to me, as a longtime wrestling fan and a fan of a lot of people who appeared on the show who got used to put over these feuds with people who aren't part of the SmackDown uh, roster or part of WWE at all, it kind of rankled me. So I was mm-hmm. happy to be like, this is, I didn't think this was a very good show. And I think actually a lot of people did agree. AEW's debut show was imperfect yes but a bit more wrestling focused yeah and a bit more about the people that people care about and i think that was probably why ollie and luke gave it a bit of a higher rating and i I think that's kind of all you can really say about that it's like i know some people just want us to say like wwe is better than AEW because they they like wwe and that's the same i think that's the same argument as like xbox playstation like people just go i've got this one it's like yeah okay but we kind of have to just rate them on the, on that basis because we also gave NXT five stars that week yes, and that's we a WWE product and mm-hmm. NXT this week uh, got a very high rating which we oh so I was like I was trying to not spoil it I was like we've probably talked about this by now yeah we're in the we're, outro yeah we're recording yeah. this before we've actually done the ramble yeah so yeah. we gave I gave it a low four yeah this week and it's still so still a very good show which puts it on par with what AEW got last week exactly yeah and and, and I think the and thing AEW is AEW got well, this week from yeah, what Luke told me so, exactly yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think the thing is is they are different products they cater to different kinds mm-hmm. of fans they're going to have different things on it that people will enjoy or not enjoy so I guess if you can call that bias because we like different things then yeah, I guess we're biased, but it's like we like different aspects of wrestling. That's what makes wrestling so big and great is there's so many different aspects and things to enjoy from it, and we enjoy different parts of it. It might not be the same ones every single week. It might change on your mood. It might be whatever it is. It might be you prefer sports. It might be you prefer comedy wrestling. It might be you prefer death matches. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Could be whatever you want. But there might be some stuff on this week's episode of SmackDown that you're like, oh my god, this is amazing, and someone would be like, ah, I didn't really feel it. I think bias. That's fine. I, I think the problem is that's not bias. Bias. The word bias suggests exactly. that there that's is some in, there is some uh, collusion between us and AEW to give them higher scores. I mean, we're on the payroll, so we are on the payroll. <laughs> uh, but that's a completely different thing and completely irrelevant. No, but what we're giving what we're giving is subjective opinions, and I think the key is that opinions are subjective. Exactly. So you, as the subject of your own opinions, will have different opinions to us. That mm-hmm. doesn't make us 
bias that makes us having a different opinion opinionated exactly yeah and that you know that our job is to give opinions yeah. currently so it's kind of why we're doing this yeah and I, I don't know like i'm not saying my opinions are great i'm saying that i just have a specific way of going about delivering them exactly they're your own opinions yeah. after all so hey ho anyway uh yeah so i hope that's kind of clarified a few things we're not biased just opinionated very much so i am willing to be biased for money though totally so, so if you do have money yeah send it to me yeah and I'm tell good. me what to say yeah <laughs> cool isn't that what a sponsorship is <laughs> yeah but that's different kind of. it's different like yeah it's different like going oh yeah wallets or whatever you know like <laughs> as opposed to being like this, oh yeah a wallet this this wrestling program is the greatest of all time yeah that's true uh, yeah anyway when you start hearing us say that nwa power is the best thing ever <laughs> you know where the money's coming from baby <laughs> well that is all we've got time for on this edition of the wrestle talk podcast thank you very much for listening we'll be back uh later on today with the AEW uh review with ollie and luke and then we'll be back on saturday with me and new presenter, woo, 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 this meow, Saturday. Meow, meow, meow. Squeezing cats um, again. Meow, 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 meow. Uh, on Saturday for the SmackDown review. We've so. also got a uh, Screen Stalker podcast now. Oh, we do. Which I totally forgot to plug into, which, that. Yeah, so there'll be, the, it goes out every day, Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so even, even more. Wrestle Talk Insider sort of exactly, chats yeah. and stuff. Except about, about gaming games and, and movies. movies. I mean, it's also partly about D&D. Yeah, and a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's going to be the same as this. It's going mean, to be yeah, a lot you, of nonsense chat. If yeah, if you enjoy rambly nonsense, yeah, there's all sorts of that. Do you know what? We might flout the rule that sort of happens on this podcast, in which in the mailbag bits we don't really talk about wrestling. Because mm-hmm. you could just mailbag in the question, the wrestling questions to Screen Stalker, and that's where we do the wrestling chat. Oh, it's perfect to completely confuse the Spotify <laughs> audience. <laughs> But anyway, go check that out. Search for Screen Stalker in Acast or Spotify, whatever uh, player of choice. It's on iTunes, mm-hmm. supposedly, sort of. It's iTunes if you have the link. In the next couple of days, you'll be able to actually search for it in iTunes. So it'll be there soon if you can't see it already. Uh, but anyway, thank you very much for listening. Love you all. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.